Jersey Joe is back for our part two crossover as we discuss a little further about the offseason for the New Jersey Devils and what their future holds. Can they contend? Are they still in their rebuild stage? We have a lot to discuss in today's episode. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils driver for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So if you missed yesterday's episode, I did part one of my crossover with Jersey Joe as we talked mostly about a Matthew Kachuk hypothetical trade scenario. Seems like that story is picking up traction, so I have a, a couple other guests lined up, so I'm going to be talking to Jake Wakely once again. I'm going to be talking to Christy Flannery of the Hockey Riders, and I'm going to ask their opinions as to what the possibility of Matthew Kachuk joining the New Jersey Devils organization is like. But for now, we're, I'm going to continue with my conversation with Jersey Joe. So we left off at his opinions about John Marino and what he could potentially bring. So we're going to pick up from there. Take it away for part two of this crossover. So you were talking about John Marino and how you like how he just asserts himself on the defensive side of things. Do you think he could develop an offensive game? Because that's basically what I was hearing, why the Pittsburgh Penguins were so willing to give up on him just because these last couple of years, he hasn't really added much to his offensive game. Well, here's another thing. I mean, when you start, you know, getting to that rhythm of creating offense from a defenseman's standpoint, you just want to get the shot off from the blue line and just try to put it on mid danger to high danger. Well, earlier I was referencing Andrew Burnett's success as the head coach uh, in Florida. And the reason for that is, is that you always had someone on Florida's back end being able to take shots taken off. And you don't want to just be your forwards who are going to be your, not just your troops, you know, on the attack, but you also need the guys that are going to be your artillery guys. And you need to have a guy like, John Marino to begin shooting more on net. And if he can keep shooting more on net, then he's going to develop more confidence offensively. You're going to allow guys, like I said, on the Twitter space, be like, Hey, Palat, are you ready down low? I'm going to bomb it right now. I'm going to flick. I'm going to freaking wrist it and get ready because that juicy rebound is going back in there. And I want you to play the song howl for us. 24 7 at the devil's games so and if we're playing at the madison square garden the dump on you know broadway it's time to burn the house down and let it rip and just put the ranger fans to silence 24 7 because you don't all want to hear the whoa whoa put the rangers fans to silent i like the sound of that now you mentioned andre palat so andre palat was plan b apparently and you know like the brad pack said in our twitter space he was like um you know it, it you, you should be lucky when you get your plan b because you know not a lot of people get their plan b and you know i get that a lot of people don't like um plan b 
no pun intended, little pun intended, <laughs> but um, hopefully that doesn't get me in trouble. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> basically, basically what I would say is like, you know, uh, you know, he was second option and, but I think second option is better than option X, Y, and Z, if you know what I mean. So, so what do you think of Andre Pilat? What do you think he's going to provide? Well, first off, before we started recording, uh, one of the things that stands out to me is that not only is he in the 77 percentile uh, on the overall uh, analytics, however, his goals above replacement is just under nine. So he does underperform a little bit against the expected goals allowed average above replacement, which is like a little over nine. However, he comes up clutch. He's not to be a power play offensive guy, but he does take the positive penalties that gets you on the power play. And he's the type of guy, he may not be a big guy, but he's going to be the kind of dude on the wing who can be the, I'm going to get in front of, you know, Igor Shesterkin and create a living nightmare for Neil Pionk or even what's his name, Rasmus Ristolainen on Philadelphia and make it a lot harder for Carter Hart to make a read. And the Devils have guys like Miles Wood, uh, Nathan Bastian, per se, and Fabian Zetterlin, who are bigger bodies, physical guys that love being in the net front presence. They can do a lot of damage uh, in a small way, which can add up. And those timely goals where you you do allow the shoot the the goalie to see the shooter. Well, imagine guys like Pilat and Bastion working together on different lines. This allows the Devils to steal the sight of the goaltender, and they can just do the little happy Gilmore, just tap it in, just tap it in. And as long as the guys on defense play defense and allow Vanacek and Blackwood or Dawes to play their game, then it's lights out for, for the most part. So that allows them to breathe a little bit in an 82-game season. Yeah, I mean, I think what Andre Pilat is mainly here to do is just bring leadership and just rally the troops together because he's capable of doing so, if, the, if you know what I mean. So it's just like, um, if the Devils, God forbid, go on a five or six game losing streak, who's the leader? That's basically the question I've been. Andre Pilat. Exactly. That's the question that I've been pondering, which is like, no offense to Nico Keisher, no offense to Jack Hughes, no offense to Jesper Bratt, no offense to P.K. Subban, Damon Severson, whoever you wanted to consider the leader last year. But the difference between those players and Andre Pilat is that Andre Pilat has actually won something two Stanley cup championships, two and out of three. He could have won three this past, uh, this past playoff series, but that went to Colorado. It, it was Rocky mountain high, but I hate to say it that, you know, Colorado started to slow down a little bit, but I mean, not Colorado. I mean, I mean, Tampa Bay started to slow down to Colorado just to fix that up. But anyways, you're getting a really solid leader. And I mentioned this in the Twitter space where, you're paying for the past performances of someone who's won not only two Stanley Cups, but made it to the Stanley Cup a third time. So you're, you're paying the Stanley Cup tax. 
the value added tax. So it's going to be worth the pain near and short term. Now, if he fails the last few years, you can move him because you got guys on the upswing where on offense, you don't need to like be like too attached to a guy. And if I go back to cat friendly, you look at some of the other doubles players that are in the waiting of the wings. And I don't mean the red wings. I'm talking about guys like Brian Holonen who can, who can snipe Alexander Holtz. Uh, who knows if Chase Stillman is ready to be our poor man, Corey Perry, but Nolan I mean, foot. No, I'm I'd more, say, more excited. I'd say no right now, just for, for, for um, uh, Chase Stillman. Great potential he's a, though. He's a he's a few years away, but I'm remember saying, that's who that's who we basically got for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Mm-hmm. I mean, let me tell you this: Nolan Foot is a guy I'm hoping that makes the lineup uh, sometime during the season, and using that big body, that big frame, and play similar to his father, that would be good. If he could get just a fraction of that, now. You look at it, that shot, it's pretty heavy. It's almost like a bowling ball. So i rather take that and him snipe the corners. Now, Arnie Telvedia, I'm not so sure if he gets up there, but he would be a great fourth liner. Definitely can drive some play. And you'd have another Finn with Ertikala who can learn to play the NHL level, especially playing, you know, third, fourth line minutes where you don't have a lot of uh, high expectations. But I would like to see Fabian Zetterland and Tice Thompson more often this year. And I think Thompson, when he is healthy, he will be an interesting uh, winger in the top nine. I'm talking more about the third line. Now, if you can have him be part of that family of fringe players coming up from the, the Utica Comets, or Utica Devils, they become Utica Devils. I would be very excited uh, during the season to say, wow, it's about time we get this kid up here. What's up, guys? Before we continue with today's discussion, I want to bring you guys the first and only live read this morning, and it comes from our friends at Built Bar. So from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given coconut brownie the puffs treatment. That's right, the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor you love in delicious chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But don't stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they are that amazing. All built bars are covered with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you are got a craving and you need something healthy and if you need something to satisfy your sweet tooth. So delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallows. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com and order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, Jersey Joe's ready, and I'm ready to get back to our discussion, so take it away once again. 
let's see where do we go from here it's just like see the, the new jersey devils are no longer the youngest team in the nhl i'm not sure if you knew this or not but uh, n- now it's the Columbus Blue Jackets and the New Jersey Devils rank, I believe, in the 25th position after signing a few veteran players. So I feel as though, like, like you said, like, how do we find that perfect balance between the young guys and the veterans? And I just feel as though Tom Fitzgerald has one more trade in him. He has room to make one more big deal. Just he needs to pursue after someone like just a top six winger. And I feel as though we'll be fine. That's all. If the Devils can get like, you know, Patrick Line, Vladimir Tarasenko, JT Miller, uh, William Nylander, Matthew Kachuk, we'll, we'll see what happens. If they can get one of those players, I'll be happy. I would be very happy to have, well, I mean, Nylander on the team from Toronto. I, he's been one of my favorites the past few seasons. And anytime I used to watch Hockey Central, I've always heard the name and especially with his agent uh, having him hold out as long as possible. Now I can tell you from history, the same is going to happen with Brat, where they will get a contract done. It may be before preseason at latest, but you do not want to go that far. Yeah. Because that'll, like, like I said, for anyone who's not familiar with the arbitration hearing, basically just, um, makes it harder for Brad to go and be an unrestricted free agent. That's what people need to know about the arbitration hearing, but it rarely ever gets to that point. So I'm just hoping we get the deal done now because VTech Vancheck filed an arbitration, but the devils signed him to a three-year deal. Uh, same with Tice Thompson. Tice Thompson will be a little more straightforward. And now we got to focus solely on Jesper Brad. And or then you got Miles him? Wood. Or do we trade him? That's the question. Miles Wood, trade? Miles Wood, Jesper Brad. do we trade one of them to maybe get someone like Matthew Kachuk or someone else? I think if you do throw Miles Wood in, you get him for maybe uh, one of Calgary's uh, third-round picks in 2023. Then maybe do you ask? per se you you throw if you have to throw in brad for kachuk uh you definitely have to get kachuk because then you're just selling yourself out short now if you want to go nuts then swap blackwood for vladar hmm that is a good it's just so much that tom Fitzgerald could do because we have the assets we have the pieces what do we do with them? Do we just hold on to them or do we like trade them away and just, you know, get that impact player right now? Or do we trust the process? I think right now you need to trust the process a little bit longer. I know Sam Wu goes patience, my friend, patience. We've been patient for the last 11 years, but I'm not going to say be patient for another year. I'm saying when teams start having problems, I say don't be so patient. Jump on it now. Meanwhile, the strike while the iron is hot. Now, no, 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 no. That's are my you sure? Thing. Are you sure? That's my thing. That it strike while the iron <laughs> is hot is my thing. I'm you I'm referencing you. <laughs> oh good, good, good. 
why? I get, I get real defensive when people use it. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just quoting you on that because yeah, strike, strike we, while we, the iron is high and take advantage of some of these teams. We have to because Toronto's been in cap hell purgatory for quite a while. And their window to win a championship has grown smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller because they can't get out the first round. Yeah, and all they're gonna hear is uh Holland owes his uh, goal song on the for the Toronto Maple Leafs every time they score a goal. But other than that, they're not celebrating a cup in their streets, and they haven't won a Stanley Cup since what? Uh, before Vietnam I was, War? <laughs> yeah, before my both my parents were born. Actually, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Without without Sorry, telling Lockdown anyone Leafs. without Sorry, telling Lockdown anyone Leafs. my parents' age, the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs won a Stanley Cup was before both of them were born. <laughs> Well, at least they knew what Tim Hortons was. Maybe. Yes, actually. <laughs> Tim Hortons big in Canada. Yep. It, out of Toronto. But anyways, out of the hockey mecca of Toronto and Montreal, I think the Devils need to start pounding away at uh, William Nylander. He's just that sniper you need to have. I know he's a little soft in some areas, but you got some when big, Nico burly Heischer guys. Put him with Nico Heischer and you toughen him up. Exactly. You have to. And you guys got, you got guys like Sharon Govich who know how to snipe. And you can definitely have, if you get Brat back and you don't make the move for Kachuk, then I can see William Nylander being swapped with uh, Damon Severson and maybe another big contract like a Tomas Tatar. And then see one of my get... colleagues from locked on leaves. He said in the hypothetical trade deal, he pitched to me uh, um, about a month ago before the draft. He said that one of the players he wanted was Damon Severson. And he even talked about what's it going to take to get Damon Severson prior to the uh, trade deadline. When we did our crossover. I have to agree with him, but I think with the way the contracts is, especially you want to keep Brat, you got to move that Tatar contract or the Johnston contract. But I doubt that Kyle Dubas wants Janssen back. Meanwhile, they want to keep, you know, contracts as low as possible. So that's just me with a hunch. But do you really want to send someone back to their old employer in Toronto? So unless you want to move Janssen elsewhere. No one else is ringing the phone. You've got no choice. Exactly. I mean – if there's another opportunity to go back, then you might as well. And since, especially since Mr. Bill Nylander, uh, he has this year and then next year. So, you know, tick-tock, time's winding down. Honestly, I mean, the Devils are in the driver's seat, so to speak, when it comes to this. And Tom is – Tom Fischel revealed tri- that his phone it will constantly ring with trade offers or – certain deals and i feel as though i think we have a good well no i don't want to jump ahead i don't know when i don't know it could be like it could be like in the next few hours it could be the next day i don't know how soon matthew kachuk is going to be dealt away but i think they're going to try to get something done this week based on reports i'm hearing i don't know how realistic that is but um if uh if the, the devils at least need to make an attempt but i don't think it's likely Right. I mean, 
there's another guy I mentioned in the Twitter space that I believe that if you can't get Kachuk, but you want a good goal scorer who's on the fringe, you look at a guy like uh, Andrew Mangiapane, who's fast, dynamic, elite level skater, who can skate like the wind. And you could put him on the top two line. And he's just someone that I saw burn the Devils last year, burn the Rangers last year, and burn some other teams out West. And he's someone that I am pretty goo-goo gaga for, or goo-goo, like the goo-goo dolls. I mean, the kid is just, like, dynamic. I just want guys like that. Even though he's a little short, so what? The, The league is getting more dynamic each year because they got a lot of skill and potential. So would you want to pass up a a plan C that could be like a plan B? It could happen because obviously plan A was Johnny Goodrow because he was under unrestricted free agents that he wanted to come home and we were in the running. Unfortunately, Columbus just swooped in at the last possible second. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in that regards, but I got to ask you this, if free agency were to end today, or, you know, if the season were to start tomorrow and we got to roll with what we got, what grade would you give Tom Fitzgerald for this overall off season? I would go with an A minus. Really? I re I really, I really wanted at least a Huso or a Vanacek type player. We got Vanacek and we used one extra asset in the trades. So we didn't need to have like what, 12, 10 picks. So we were able to utilize that. And for me, we were able to not sacrifice the second overall pick. Meanwhile, they did their due diligence trying to get Matthew Kachuk. So really the devils are on the verge of something really good. And Although I do think it's a little premature that they traded Ty Smith, I think you can't go wrong with a John Marino who's going to help shore up a need, which is the right-handed side. Someone who's more of a veteran than a rookie and a guy that knows what it takes to play in the playoffs in the regular season. And someone that knows who can calm down the devil's young defenseman. Because we need to make sure that we add experience, we add physicality, we add mobility, and you, you add that um, extra leadership on the back end where Dougie's not going to be doing everything or Siegenthaler's not going to have to do everything. So you have a little bit of a cushion on depth. So, Jersey Joe, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Final thoughts are – Will the Devils be a team that can have two really solid goaltenders? I say yes. And if Blackwood is indeed very healthy, I look for him to steal some games and maybe the Devils will end up having a really solid uh, tandem in net. And I would say this, if the Devils can get uh, Nemets through his first season in Utica, I think he will be a, eventually uh, Brian Rafalski 2.0 type guy who can eat top two minutes, but play with more of a skating game. And then I will put it this way. 
you look at Riley Walsh, I look for him to be the guy that could crack the overnight lineup because he's been banging on that door for a while. I will say this. Nikita Ohochuk and Kevin Ball will become mainstays, maybe not in the start of the season, but maybe in the middle to the ending of the season where the Devils are in the middle of the playoffs and they need to make sure they have another guy or two uh, around to push the other guys out there to be on their heels to help pressure the Rangers. And the Devils will eventually become the team that on that calendar says, fuck no. Why are we playing the Devils tonight? This stinks because we know we're going to lose because that's the team that they're becoming more veteran laden. I usually don't curse, but I'm feeling pretty good about this team. I am too. And hopefully we're able to be solid. My ceiling for them is just sneak into a wild card spot, especially with the Islanders, Penguins, Capitals being one of the more old teams in the entire league. Um, The Columbus Blue Jackets being the youngest team in the league, Philadelphia Flyers being an absolute mess. And I'm just saying like the Metro right now, it's not there for the taking quite yet. But the Devils have a better shot than they did, I'd say, a couple of years ago. Let me ask you this. Where do you see this team this year now with COVID being a lot looser with the regulations and the testing? Um, now, where do you also see the goaltending and where do you see the leadership on this team? And where do you see us points-wise? Oof, that's a good question. Um, okay, the leadership starts with Andre Pilat because he's obviously the, the reason why we brought him in here was to get more production amongst our forwards and add to our top six. But at the same time, he's been in winning situations before winning two Stanley Cup championships. So it starts with Andre Pilat, starts with Nico Heischer being more vocal like he did this past season when he talked to the media and he dropped like an F-bomb or two, and he was and he didn't show up to practice the next day. I'm, I like that. You know, I like that kind of diva attitude from Nico Heischer. Hold your guys accountable. Uh, Jack Hughes, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. And, and, you know, he's able to be, become the first Devils player in franchise history to eclipse 100 points, something that Patrick Eliash and Taylor Hall have never done. Um, it starts there. And then terms of goaltending, I don't know who's going to be the starting goaltender because you can make a case for Mackenzie Blackwood. You can make a case for Vitek Vanacek. But I would say Mackenzie Blackwood is still the go-to guy, but now he sees that he has a suitable backup. Now, I'm just hoping that Vitek Vanacek can translate what he did for the Washington Capitals to the New Jersey Devils, despite the Devils being, you know, a couple steps down compared to the Capitals. Just a couple, not too many. So... My thing for the Devils is ceiling, wild card. That's all that that's my cap. If we're able to eclipse that somehow, I'll be the happiest guy alive. That's an exaggeration. That's a huge exaggeration. That's a huge exaggeration. I'll be, I'll be really happy. We'll just say that. If they're able to eclipse that and stun the world somehow, I'll I'll definitely be happy about that. But the goaltending, I think, can be a lot better, especially we don't know the situation for Jonathan Bernier quite yet if he returns and bees and is our third string goalie that's actually pretty pretty solid if you ask me so points wise 
not too good with this area. I, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say this. We could be anywhere from a wild card team, like a dark horse team where you don't fear us, but you respect us. And I'd say our floor, obviously we could just go back to the lottery and just play our luck again. So are you willing to put a number on it? Because I'm willing to say if we're going to be a wild card team, If you say 85, 85 to 95 points, if we're, if we're anywhere below 85, 84 to 72, I'll be fine with that, but we're, we're going to do better than last year. That yeah. was, that was beyond a, atrocious with the goaltending. I don't anticipate for it to get that bad, but. Hopefully Mackenzie help Blackwood is healthy. Hopefully VTech Banachek is able to put up solid work. Hopefully Jonathan Bernier can return. If not, I'm okay with Nico Dawes being, you know, third fiddle because, mm -hmm. you know, we won't put that much pressure on him. He won't be playing in that many games in a row ever again for the time, for the time being, cause he's not ready. So, um, I'd say in that ballpark too, maybe, maybe 80s somewhere. So I'd say somewhere in the eighties, if all goes well. So for healthy COVID <clears> restrictions <throat> are much looser. If our big three are able to continue what they did from last year. Uh, if someone out of Sharon Govich, Johnson, um, Mercer, who else did I say? Um, so I said Mercer, Johnson, Tatar. And if one of those and Sharon Govich, if one of those guys, are able to take a couple steps forward in their offensive production. I then, you know, this, I think we're heading in the right direction, full steam ahead. I need one or two of those guys to put up good offensive production. Same with Andre Pilat. I'd say what I expect from Andre Pilat, anywhere from 50 to 60 points. Hopefully. So before we end this, I will say this. I really feel that, the leadership is getting better and they should be adding another new assistant coach, hopefully soon that does more of the defense and the penalty kill. And maybe it lands us another uh, more defensive minded player. And if the devils can get uh, uh traded for maybe for a not necessarily a prospect, but maybe someone who's on a cheaper contract who can free up a little bit more cap space for signing, re-signing Jesper Bratt and maybe a few other guys. But I really think the Devils are onto something right now. And by opening night versus Detroit, I expect this team to come jumping out of a cannon. Hopefully. Schedule is looking, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But Detroit, that could be an easy first win. But no win is an easy win for the Devils, as I like to say nowadays. But we'll see what happens. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so anyways, it's going to be an interesting year. And I would like to say this, that it's going to be a more optimistic year. And with a mix of veterans and uh, rookies, I'm excited to see what the future entails. Now, like I said before, remain cautious, remain humble, 
but this is our year to improve and show people that this team is not a doormat. I would have to agree with you wholeheartedly. So we'll see what happens. Jersey Joe, thanks for joining me as always, my man. Uh, his Twitter handle is down below. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description. If you're listening uh, on your podcast streaming service, uh, Jersey Joe, it's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, Trey. And what do we always say? Let's go, go Devils. Devils. There we go. Let's go Devils. Isn't that a piece? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a saying that just became a podcast. I like that.